This week, the comics guys explain Donna Troy, part two. Thank you, Ben. Yes, when, uh, we're going to continue talking about Donna Troy. Uh, last time, we talked about uh, Crisis and Zero Hour. And now we're going to talk about what happens uh, going forward after Zero Hour. So, uh, Darren, where are we at uh, with Donna? So to this point, right, we've had Donna, you know, her, her bizarre origin, her bizarre origin story of like, you know, basically being created by mistake. And then we've had her history kind of established and then screwed up by the crisis, right? If that's all that had ever happened to her, she wouldn't be getting episodes, <laughs> right? Like lots of characters were treated that badly, right? But from here on, it gets considerably more confusing. So after Zero Hour, Donna is, you know, she's been kind of left you know, like the Titans is not going forward. Team Titans got canceled as part of the zero hour shakeup. So she's no longer even appearing as like a, you know, background character for that. And instead she winds up being taken to use as a member of a character of a team called the dark stars. And the dark stars were created uh, in this series to, to, to be basically a, they started in, in 92 uh, and they were going to be like a nineties rival to the green lanterns. Right, they were an organization of intergalactic space cops like the Green Lanterns, except they were darker and grittier and grimmer, and you know were just more '90s in general. And they were controlled by, uh, or run by an organization of aliens called the Controllers, who had actually been Guardians, the people who ran the Green Lanterns, but they'd spun off because they disagreed with the Guardians, and so they created their own core of you know, super cops, basically. Um, and different characters from the Green Lantern setting, the you know, other some left former Green Lanterns and that sort of thing, wound up joining this team instead to be part of the new dark, gritty team. And one of the characters they brought over, it wasn't fr- at the beginning, it wasn't until a year or two into the series that they brought over Donna Troy, since she was kind of kicking around not being used by anybody, and she had this interesting backstory, they decided to have her join the Dark Stars. And the Dark Stars didn't actually get superpowers, but like the Green Lanterns, they got a weapon, right? And in this case, it was the Exomantle, which is basically a suit that she wears that makes her super strong and lets her fly, and now she can do force fields, and she has blasters and all of this other stuff, and she becomes uh, you know, kind of part of this team with her whole backstory in, in intact, right? Carried forward. In the stories, in the actual Dark Star stories, uh, Donna and Terry, uh, who had been this, you know, like lovely ideal couple when Marv Wolfman was writing them, they get divorced for okay. no particular reason that anybody can describe except that Terry's a jerk. Um, and somehow Terry gets custody of the kids despite having established for the last 10 years that he's like the worst dad ever. Uh, but not only does he wind up with custody of the kids, but because Donna is operating as a superhero, he manages to get the court to get a restraining order, keeping her away from him and the kids. There's no explanation to like how this relationship went so sour so fast, or you know like why uh, you know Donna is I guess willing to you know like be separated from her children, uh, but she just kind of shrugs and says okay and gets on with her life. Um, because the writers really did not want her to be, you know, 
uh, weighed down basically with a husband and you know two children, right? Let's like, you know, Donna Troy mom was just not something that the writers were ready to go with. Um, they much preferred having her as you know like sexy, sexy young adventurer currently available to be matched up with anybody else that they decided to match her up with. So this, like I said, makes no sense, but at least Terry's gone, <laughs> right? So you right. know, a lot of fans were kind of willing to tolerate that to at least get rid of this terrible, you know, Mary Sue character that, uh, that, that Marv Wolfman had created. And within a few issues, Donna has now jumped into a relationship with the new Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, and becomes his girlfriend. This starts in early 95, basically. Um, a new Teen Titans team is formed uh, within a, a year after that, and Kyle moves over and joins that team. Uh, or new Titans, once again, leave the teen out of it, basically, because now it's all heroes in their early 20s, like Kyle is. Um, Donna basically uh, appears in both comics at this point, right? Like, she appears frequently in the new Titans uh, with her boyfriend, Kyle, but she's also still in Dark, Dark Stars. And the Dark Stars at this point are being led by Jon Stewart, who has also, for reasons, left the Green Lanterns for a little while, etc. Um, none of these titles really succeed. Right? Nobody liked the Dark Stars. Nobody liked this version of the Titans that was out there. Both of them wind up getting canceled in 1996. So Donna has established her new identity basically now, but now she once again doesn't have a comic anymore. Kyle is still the star of Green Lantern for a while, but then Ron Mars comes in uh, and he decides he wants to completely start over on on uh, Kyle's story he doesn't like the idea that kyle and donna are in a relationship and he wants to give her give kyle a different girlfriend so in order to break up kyle and donna ron writes a story in which terry and his daughter jenny and his baby son robert are killed in an off-panel car accident in vermont brutal right we don't we don't get to see any of this this is just we get the story of it secondhand Right, we've just wiped our hands clean of like the entire slate of like Donna's characters. Donna, of course, responds to this by "I need time to be alone," and buggers off out of Kyle's life. <laughs> and Kyle can, goes on to have more relationships and do his story, you know, without him. And Donna continues to not appear in the comics anymore for for anything. Right, like nobody is really interested in bringing the Dark Stars back uh, after their series gets canceled. And so Donna is once again kind of like floating out there in limbo for some number of months. Then, Wonder Woman, by now George has long since left Wonder Woman, and he's gone through several other writers uh, between then, and the new writer who comes in to take over Wonder Woman, writer-artist basically, is John Byrne, the same guy who did all the damage to, you know, Superman, um, you know, 11 years before. Right. And, of course, John Byrne can't leave any of this alone, right? Like he's got his own opinions about what the ser- what the Wonder Woman series should be like and has all kinds of, you know, all kind of uh, changes to Wonder Woman that he's making as he comes on board. So at this point in continuity, Wonder Woman is still a character who appeared for the first time just after Crisis, right? Like that part he's still hung on to. Over the next stories, and not all of these, some of these had started before John came uh, on board. Um, Donna, uh, Diana, had basically, in like a series of plots, basically risen to godhood in the pages of her own comic, right? She had actually become like an actual Greek goddess, part of the same pantheon with Zeus and everybody else, as the goddess of truth. And so was kind of like absent from doing anything on Earth, right? Like all of her stories were about her as a goddess at this point. Um, okay. So... 
weirdly through a series of like plot points, John's like, you know, the Justice Society doesn't make any sense, doesn't feel right without a Wonder Woman there, right? And in the new continuity, Earth 2 Wonder Woman never existed. There was never a Wonder Woman in, uh, you know, the Justice Society stories. And that feels weird. That feels wrong. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to fix that by having Hippolyta, Diana's mother, take on the identity of Wonder Woman on Earth during this stretch of time that Donna, uh, that Diana is the uh, goddess of truth. And so now Hippolyta is wearing Wonder Woman's costume and has changed her hair color to black by magic, I guess. Sure, because she was always blonde before, but now she's got black hair. So she looks just like our Wonder Woman. And so this goes on for a couple of stories uh, where, you know, Hippolyta has to behave like Wonder Woman on Earth and is being kind of like guided from above by the goddess of Diana, etc. And then in this storyline, Hippolyta has to team up with Jay Garrick, the Flash from the Golden Age, and they travel back in time. And spend several years back in the 40s fighting Nazis. And so this is why we remember a Wonder Woman who is part of the World War II superhero team. It wasn't Diana, it was Hippolyta traveling back in time to create these memories that we all have of this, right? Now we have absolutely cocked up continuity at (laughs) at this point, right? Um, But like he really wanted to have somebody dressed like Wonder Woman in that time stretch, right? Uh, and so, okay, this is now a thing. Hippolyta then comes back to the modern day, and she's now hanging out with the Justice League as Wonder Woman. During, once again, as this, this stretch that uh, you know Diana is not available. Byrne introduces this new villain, uh, who is called Dark Angel, and Dark Angel uh, is introduced as a character. Uh, who's super mysterious, and she had battled Hippolyta as Wonder Woman many times during the time that she was back in the 40s, and then today, right, like, she's introduced as a character who has all of this backstory that we've never seen before, um, but as an enemy of Hippolyta pretending to be Wonder Woman. Um, and so Hippolyta uh, uh, defeats Dark Angel the first time, or at least kind of like gets away with her and uh, reveals that over, you know, this stretch of time in the past, she fought Dark Angel. And this has the added benefit, of course. Now Donna shows up in Wonder Woman uh, as a character, kind of like with an extended storyline in Wonder Woman for the first time, where it's revealed that the reason she called herself Wonder Girl and had her costume look like it did in the earliest days of Teen Titans was because of her memory of World War II Hippolyta as Wonder Woman. Okay, so now we've created a real, like... this. You can see where the snarl is starting to happen, right? You can see the knot kind of, like, getting tighter and tighter as this is starts, you know, making less and less sense. Um, but yeah, so Donna now has been inspired by the Golden Age Wonder Woman, right? And so when Hippolyta returns from the past, she visits... Jay Garrick, who is now an old guy, you know, living in his house, retired. He's like training superheroes at this point, right? Like he's teaching impulse and those guys. Mm-hmm. And Donna uh, uh, Hippolyta asks Jay, so, you know, how is everybody that's, you know, the time that I missed and everything? How is Donna? And Jay doesn't know who Donna is. Nobody seems to remember who Donna is. Okay. In this storyline, she seems to have like mysteriously disappeared and nobody knows 
like who she is. Hippolyta goes out in search of like what happened to Donna. She finds Wally, Kid Flash, who is now actually being the Flash, um, and basically kind of like confronts him with the fact that he had always been in love with Donna, right? That she was like the first, his first crush when he was a kid and everything, and they've always been the greatest of friends, et cetera, et cetera. How can you not remember her? And then suddenly Wally remembers her. And he can't understand why he's forgotten her either. So the two of them team up and they discover her when they, they, they finally track her down and discover that she is a prisoner of this villainous Dark Angel. And Dark Angel has been torturing her uh, by making her live an infinity of lifetimes over and over again. And in each one of these lifetimes, she dies tragically at the end. And then Dark Angel makes her start over. And so all of these different life stories that she has basically are all alternate timelines in which Dark Angel is basically making her live a miserable life in which she's sad all the time. Uh, but somehow, you know, she keeps fighting as a superhero in different versions of herself and something tragic happens at the end and she dies terribly. And then Dark Angel sneers and laughs and starts over again. And she's doing this because she believes that Donna is Hippolyta's daughter. And she's torturing her because she hates Hippolyta. And this is her punishment of Hippolyta is to torture her daughter. Hippolyta doesn't understand why this woman thinks that uh, Donna is Hippolyta's daughter. And so in figuring this out, a new version of Donna's origin is told by John Byrne, in which we discover that all of the stuff that we knew about Donna in the past all of her story in the past was one of those fake timelines that Dark Angel was creating to torture her. And that the real story of Donna is that uh, Diana was, as a young princess on Paradise Island, uh, very lonely because she was the only kid. We've now changed the uh, backstory of the Amazons to they're all adults now. And so when Diana was, uh, was born as a child, she was the only child on Paradise Island. And an Amazonian witch named Megala felt very bad that nobody was Diana's friend because she was the only little kid on this island and magicked up a secret best friend, uh, like, a, like a twin, basically, for Donna, to be her invisible friend sister, to be her best friend that nobody would know about. And they spend months together spending time in secret and, uh, you know, doesn't tell anybody on Paradise Island that, uh, you know, her best friend Donna uh, is her, it's her secret imaginary friend. And then Dark Angel comes to Themyscira to kidnap Diana because she's Hippolyta's daughter, but instead accidentally takes Donna instead. And so Hippolyta senses something terrible is threatening her daughter and runs to her room and finds that Diana is there unharmed, right? And then Megala tells Diana that her playmate has disappeared. And so Diana asks Megala to repeat, to repeat the spell, but the sorceress refused and explains that this mirror girl has a fragment of Diana's soul and splitting it again would be too dangerous. So Donna is basically a nearly adult, you know, like friend, basically, uh, imaginary friend of Diana's from when she was a child, and now she's in hell being tortured by Dark Angel. A bunch of superheroes team up to go to hell to get Donna back. 
uh, like Demon, uh, Etrigan, and a bunch of other characters like wind up teaming up as part of the story. Uh, they enter into hell. They free Donna. Big fight happens. Donna herself apparently kills Dark Angel in this battle, which causes her to be erased somehow. And Diana, the goddess of truth, who has not once again been part of this story, but just kind of like watching it from above, uses her godly powers to intervene and brings her back to life, brings Donna back to life, totally created out of the memories of the people who loved her. So most of what Donna's like new personality is basically comes from like the brief memories of Diana and her imaginary friend, but mostly from Wally. Right, because Wally was the one who had like known her the longest and had been basically in love with her for you know for forever. So we bring Donna back to life from the dead out of the memories of all of these heroes. Hippolyta then formally adopts Donna when they get out of hell and go back to Paradise Island and makes her a princess of Amazon and Diana's sister. John Byrne thinks this explains everything. <laughs> right? But now, of course, everything is completely messed up and, and, and none of this character makes any sense at all. At the end of this story is when Byrne leaves Wonder Woman. <laughs> Right. I've, I've done my part. Thanks. I'm good. I'm out of here. That's the story I wanted to tell. And he, he, you know, fucks off and goes somewhere else. Christopher Priest takes over as the new writer of Wonder Woman. The first thing he does is restore Diana, like undo her whole turned into a goddess of truth thing and get her the hell back on down onto the planet so she can be like the lead character and we can stop having Hippolyta running around as Wonder Woman. Um, but now Donna is established again basically as you know now she's somehow diana's little sister right she didn't age like diana did because of the time that she spent in hell right so like at, when they were children they were the same age but now diana is older because donna lost all of those years in hell being tortured by the dark angel okay yeah she goes back to calling herself troya even though she now apparently has nothing to do with the titans anymore but we can't really call her Wonder Girl, and somebody else's, uh, what's her name, Cassie Sandsmark, is now using the Wonder Girl name. So she is now Troya again. And Devin Grayson gets a chance to do a new Titans series. And of course, Donna needs to be part of that. So after finishing this kind of like stretch of Wonder Woman stories in which she appears, she goes over and starts appearing in the new Titans with all of like the grown up, you know, members of the Titans have like formed a team again Nightwing and Flash and. Speedy, who is now Arsenal, and uh, Aqualad, who is now Tempest, et cetera, et cetera, and Donna, who is now Troya. And in Devin Grayson's story, starting in 1999, the big arc of, the, of Donna's character, the big thing she's got going on in those first few issues is she is completely aware that she was recreated out of memories, right? That, like, uh, you know, Goddess Diana basically, like, created her out, not out of anything that was, like, intrinsic to her but out of how everybody remembered her. And so she's not sure she's really real, right? She thinks like, well, I'm created from these like idealized versions, mostly from Wally, right? Who, you know, has been lusting after me for years. How, like how much do I know of like anything that I do is real and not just from his opinion of, of me, right? Like, isn't that weird to be? I, I wonder if I'm anything like the person I was before I died. And at one point during this set of stories, the Titans actually wind up in the afterlife and they have to go to heaven to like resolve a plot. And when she, when Donna tries to go with them to heaven, she is not let in. She's separated from the team at the pearly gates. 
which kind of suggests like the the story seems to suggest that Donna no longer has a soul. Mm-hmm. Right. And so she's not allowed into heaven anymore. Brutal. Right, anymore, you know, not during this time. Donna begins an ill-advised romantic relationship with Roy Harper, uh, Arsenal, who used to be Speedy. This is, of course, a terrible idea, as Roy is literally the worst boyfriend ever at all. The, you know, like image, like Roy wasn't there, you know, when she was recreated. So his memories are not part of her. And so she's, it's okay for them to kind of like have a bit of a fling. And so Grayson keeps writing these stories with this kind of like, you know, unresolved, is Donna even really real? thing going on in the background that never gets resolved. It never gets taken care of. After about issue number 20, Grayson gets booted off the title and replaced, you know, for completely other reasons. And so this storyline really never kind of gets addressed. Jay Fairber takes over as the new writer at the end of 2000. And he, of course, as is now apparently tradition, immediately starts his run on Titans by breaking Donna again, (laughs) right? He starts a new set of stories, once again called Who is Troya? in which the other heroes have now once again forgotten that Donna even exists, right? Like she's in their headquarters, uh, she's in bed with Roy, and Roy kicks her out of bed because he doesn't recognize her, right? And they all think, what the hell is going on? So she travels around, you know, once realizing that none of the other superheroes in the DC universe know who she is again. Um, Kyle, she goes to see Kyle, he doesn't remember who she is. She goes to the family, the Evans family. She goes to Faye Evans's house, right? Like the family that had raised her in one of her previous lifetimes, and they don't know who she is. It, this is all eventually revealed to be yet another plot by Dark Angel, who has come back. And um, this, at this point, the Teen Titans, the next generation Teen Titans from Kingdom Come show oh. up in our timeline. They are, they're from Earth-22, which is the world where Kingdom Come happened. And that team is from the future of that timeline, right? Like, so that takes place after the, their, their history kind of like starts after the Kingdom Come story is ended. And that team includes several team members uh, who are related to the Teen Titans, the earlier Teen Titans of Earth-22, including uh, Dick and Corey's daughter, and a superhero called Darkstar, who in that universe is baby Robert from, you know, her and Terry, basically all grown up and become a superhero calling himself Darkstar. Okay. And so that team comes back in time because somehow they know about Dark Angel's plan uh, to drive Donna insane and were warned by the Zeus of their universe that Donna needed to be protected. Her memories needed to be protected in order to safeguard all of hypertime. Oh, right. Hypertime was the thing at this point, right? Right. So this makes as much sense as I've described it, right? Like there's nothing makes sense at this point. This is just, we have completely abandoned any kind of like continuity with these characters. Anything. Dark Angel recalls the version of Donna's life. We have a big fight in another dimension. The, uh, the Titans from the future are once again, trying to protect Donna. Uh, and trying to help her, but Donna is freaked out by the fact that, like, her son from a previous lifetime, basically, is now an adult fighting alongside her. They fight. Uh, the Donna recalls the version of Donna's life. Uh, Rhea, uh, Dark Angel recalls the version of Do- Donna's life where she was abducted to New Cronus by Rhea the Titan. So, like, the Titans start showing up in the story. They fight multiple versions of Dark Angel from multiple timelines of Donna. 
and the heroes get together. And at the end of all of this, they kill Dark Angel again. And now everybody remembers who Donna is. And she remembers all of the different versions of herself. She is now considers herself to be made up of the memories of all of these different alternate timelines that all crash together to make her. And this is now her story. Okay. Thankfully, she breaks up with Roy because that's a terrible idea for a relationship, you know. And now Donna becomes a supporting cast member of Wonder Woman on a much more regular basis. She becomes much more kind of like tied into the stories of Wonder Woman, starts appearing with her all the time. Diana and Donna are basically acting like sisters, and they even wind up getting an apartment together. Like they're literally living as roommates. In 2003, Donna is still part of a Titans team that is kind of like appearing sporadically. We do a Teen Titans Young Justice team up. And in that story, Brainiac from the future travels back in time. Like one of the later Brainiacs travels back to our century, winds up in control of a Superman robot. That Superman robot fights the Titans and Young Justice. And in that fight kills both Donna and Lilith members of the Titans at that point. They are both killed dead. Like Superman robot uses his heat vision and just pierces right through Donna's heart and kills her. This is the first time she's actually died. I think in the story, this is the first time. Yeah. This is the first time she's actually dead, dead, dead. Yes. Okay. And her death is now the inspiration to a whole new series, like the Titans and outsiders, new series of those spin off from this story and the outsiders are basically made up of people who have been inspired by the death of Donna, right. To like form a new team. And it's basically Arsenal and Nightwing with a bunch of other characters who are doing this kind of in memory of Donna, but also like saying, we don't want to get that close to our teammates again. Right. Like we feel bad because we were so close. We were a family and a superhero team. Shouldn't be a family. A superhero team should be professionals. Superman, a superhero team should be mercenary. Right. And so they're trying to run their team that way so that they don't ever feel as bad as they did when Donna died. Okay. She stays dead in comics for two years, 2003 to 2005. Donna is dead. There is a DC special limited series that comes out in the summer of 2005. And it's called the return of Donna Troy. Turns out that Donna has inexplicably returned to life on New Cronus, the planet of the Titans. She is now the goddess of the moon. She slowly remembers all of her lives and that like everybody who survived that first crisis back in 1984, she is aware she is actually a combination of an infinite number of Donna Troys from the original multiverse, right? Everybody on our earth is a combination of all of the, like the multiple alternate versions of themselves that came together in the crisis. She's the only one who knows it, right? She remembers it. She remembers every individual life of all of her parallel lives that she lived. She she remembers all of them, right? So she remembers the Donna of Earth 2, who is the one who was rescued from a fire by Wonder Woman. On Earth S, the Donna of Earth S died in that fire because there wasn't a Wonder Woman to rescue her. Over the course of this story, we learn that the Dark Angel is in fact revealed to be the Donna of Earth-7. And somehow she managed to avoid being squished into the post-crisis Donna like all of the other 
alternate Donnas that became part of her. She is the one Donna of that infinity of Donnas who did not become her. And that's why she hates her. Okay. And so she was the one who captured Donna and forced her to relive all of those lives. So after her death, the Titans of New Cronus brought Donna back to life because she is destined to save them from some future threat. And now she's got a whole new set of superpowers. She's a super cosmic space god, basically. And she and the Titans, as her memory is coming back, they're literally going out conquering other planets. As they're conquering other planets, they wind up running into the Titans, uh, who are defending a world from them. Uh, Titans and outsiders team up. They get involved. They fight Donna with her new space god powers. They not only beat her, but they restore her memories. And we discover that the Titans were trying to use her and her new cosmic powers to control a Sun Eater that they were going to use as a weapon against somebody. But instead, Donna and the Titans and the Outsiders team up and they beat them and they trap the Titans in Tartarus. So they can't come back to our dimension anymore. No mention in this story is ever made of Donna losing these new powers that she has, but she never uses them again. So maybe? We don't know. She comes back to Earth with the Titans and the Outsiders and goes immediately into an infinite crisis. In infinite crisis, she meets Harbinger, who was the monitor's uh, you know, sidekick and secretary, basically, during, the, during the, the crisis, and winds up acquiring this MacGuffin called the Universe Orb. And the Universe Orb is like the history of the multiverse. It's like a, the, a, this big glowing orb that when you touch it can like tell you any story of any character in the past. And it informs her of the schemes that Alexander Luther is up to during Infinite Crisis. So she winds up uh, leading a team of space heroes to fight Alexander Luther as part of the whole Megillah of craziness that is the Infinite Crisis. Right. Um, the 52 weekly series that begins right after Infinite Crisis, she is, becomes the host of a uh, hostess, I guess, of a recurring backup feature in 52, in the first uh, uh, like 20 issues, or not even 20, it's like 15 issues of 52, she appears in a series of like six-page backup stories where she uses the universe orb to explain to the readers how continuity works in the DC universe now, after Infinite Crisis, to basically retell the history of literally everything and explain to readers like what the new status of all of these characters is with like time having been changed yet again in the Infinite Crisis. And so... She is the the hostess of the story for a bit. And then eventually uh, the monitors tell her that the reason that she is so weird compared to everybody else, the reason that like she is able to retain all of these memories every time the universe changes, every time there's a crisis basically, and time gets rebooted, she is supposed to be dead. And it's a mystery to them why she isn't. Um, She was supposed to, during the infinite crisis, die saving Kyle Rayner's life. But instead... Jade died saving Kyle Rayner's life, and somehow destiny was thwarted, and so Donna is not supposed to be alive. This, once again, will never be explained. <laughs> this, this plot line will be dropped, uh, and everybody will forget about it. Just the thing to say. <laughs> right, yeah. One year later... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, they did a Titan series, like, three years later, where it was just Titans. I think where... Uh... Where it's who is it that they can't remember? They can't remember Wally, mm-hmm. and like, they play off of this because it's sort of the reverse, um, right? Yeah, they, it's, it's Donna's the one who remembers him instead. Exactly right. She's the only one who remembers everybody. Yeah, 
This is kind of now her shtick, basically, as a character. All right. So after 52, there's the entire DC universe jumps forward a year. And we have the one year later stories in which we discover what everybody had been doing during that year. And it turns out during that year, uh, Wonder Woman, Diana took off, was out of action to like go have a personal crisis, basically. And Donna has actually been Wonder Woman for this year, which we didn't get to see. Because when one year later starts, Diana is just returning, right? Um, in the new post-Infinite Crisis timeline, Donna's backstory now is she was created uh, uh, by Megala the Witch to be Diana's imaginary friend as a child, uh, was captured by Dark Angel, who is now Hippolyta's enemy again. The idea that uh, Dark Angel was an alternate version of uh, Donna is tossed out. Um, and so she kidnaps uh, Donna, thinking she's Diana. Diana now is the one who grew up and eventually freed Donna, having aged to adulthood while Donna remained young in hell, being tortured, basically. Uh, with Diana's new entrance, now post-Infinite Crisis, Diana's entrance into man's world is moved way back in time. So she is once again a member of the Justice Society and everything, right? So... Diana's entrance into the world is literally moved back to the 1940s where it was originally. And so uh, when Diana like comes into man's world, like, you know, some 20 years later, whatever, however length of time, uh, Donna follows her to our dimension to come into man's world, basically, um, and joined the Teen Titans, founded the Teen Titans. And this is the new timeline that exists for everybody. This run of stories is plagued with production problems, right? DC is having all kinds of problems post, uh, you know, uh, one year later, getting their stuff out on time right. for various reasons. And one of the titles that gets beaten to death is Wonder Woman, right? Like issues are dropped, things uh, don't ship on time, there's delays. What's supposed to be a monthly title comes out like only eight times in a year because everything is so messed up. I remember reading during this time, everything is just... Everything's a disaster, right. And it, it was already a hard story to follow, the whole one year later thing, because it was a resetting of the status quo, and then stuff stopped coming out on time, and then things were referenced in one story that did not actually happen yet in the other right. one, but you weren't Editors sure. aren't talking to each other, nobody knows how continuity works, right. Yeah, and, and the part of it is you're not sure if part of it's on purpose, because of the whole nature of the one year later stuff still where that was all, you know, supposed to be a big mystery as to a lot of what happened. Right. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, big. I think that's when the Riddler is Batman for a little while too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. It's a lot of really interesting stuff happens then. Exactly. During the stretch. So Diana is coming back is still out there being a superhero, except, of course, in the course of these stories, because we're establishing how much the world needs Diana back, Donna basically gets her ass kicked in every fight that she's in, just to show that she sucks as Wonder Woman, um, and the world really needs Diana to come back and do this, right? And so Donna takes a beating over the course of these stories that's just awful. Uh, at the end of it, Wonder Woman returns. Diana returns as Wonder Woman. Donna gets her old costume back and decides that, like Jean Grey, basically, she's not even going to use a superhero name anymore. She's just going to be Donna Troy. She's not going to be Darkstar. She's not going to be Troya. She's not going to be Wonder Girl. She's just going to be Donna Troy because none of the names make any sense. Two other different people at this point are now using the Wonder Girl name, right? So that's not really even available to her. Next big crisis, the next big thing that comes along is Final Crisis. 
In Final Crisis 2008, Donna winds up part of a team that is occasionally called the New Challengers of the Unknown. And for various stupid uh, Final Crisis reasons, she and Kyle and Jason Todd and Ray Palmer wind up kind of like teaming up with a monitor named Bob. Oh my God, I don't even want to get into the explanation of that. Um, And they have a bunch of pointless adventures together. We should do Final Crisis one day. Someday we're going to do Final Crisis just to explain how awful it is. Yes, It's a damn mess. <laughs> Lots of too many ideas, man. Greg right. Morrison just exploded all over the page. Exactly. So somehow these characters were seemed like they were supposed to be important. Right? Like these, this group keeps traveling around and they're on the fringe of all of these interesting things that are happening. And somehow like their story never really pays off. They never really quite get to do anything. And you're not sure whether they just got dropped as a plot line or what exactly happened. Um, but they don't really, they're kind of there for several of the important things, but they don't really influence it terribly much. And at the end of the series, those, that group takes off to go explore the multiverse. Right? That seems to be the ending of the story is sending them out as a team and they're going to go explore all of these different alternate Earths. This doesn't happen. Happens. Yeah. That, yeah. No, they don't do this. Right? Really like, the series ends with like the promise that the next time you will see these guys, they will be cool explorers traveling around. That turns out not to be true. The next time we see these guys will be, or the next time we see Donna anyway, she's back on Earth with no explanation as to what happened to the challengers her travels across the multiverse or whatever seem to have never happened. And now she's a member of the Titans again. And Judd Winnick is writing the Titans. Yes. This is terrible. Like once again, this is not a good run of Titans. Um, James Robinson uses her in cry for justice. Uh, she then turns up briefly in blackest night where she fights zombie versions of Terry and Robert. The worst <laughs> right. Yeah. Who are returned yeah. from the dead as horrible zombies. And she has to fight them. Cry for She's, Justice is the worst comic ever written. Cry for Justice is terrible. Blackest Night is terrible and yep. just mean, right? It's mean spirited and just nasty. Um, and the yeah, idea that Donna's nasty, like nasty comics. Yeah. Donna's feature story in this is literally fighting a zombie baby. Yeah. Right. Robert isn't a grown up in this, right? Like he's still literally a, a toddler zombie who is trying to kill his mom. I mean, it's, it's probably the second worst besides the, uh, the fridge. <laughs> the fringe being the black lantern being the literal worst part. Yep. So because in the course of Blackest Night, because she is one of the heroes who died and came back to life, she is vulnerable to being taken over by the black light. And so she joins the villains for a while, but then she is freed at the end by the white light. No particular explanation. And she's not really changed. Yeah. She's not one of the ones given white lantern powers. Nope. It's kind of nope. she's just freed, but you know, she was vulnerable because she'd been dead. So apparently her backstory now once again includes her being dead. Right. In 2010, James Robinson post cry for justice does a very short and late and unlamented run on uh, Justice League, uh, where Donna is a member, along with several other heroes of her generation, right? Like uh, Dick is being Batman at this point. And I think uh, Corey is on the team briefly for 20 minutes. And so is like Monel and a bunch of other weirdos. Yeah, it's like uh, that the, series gets canceled. The concept I remember, I read, I read this one because uh, the concept was I love Teen Titans, so it was like, what if the Teen Titans take over the Justice League by and large? Right. Or, yeah. Like, if they finally like paid off the promise of us actually yeah. taking over. And then it was just terribly written, like it just wasn't put together and never really paid off on any of that promise, and they kind of forgot all of it. Right. And then Dick stops being Batman too soon. Like, yeah, it's just not a good run. 
It's not as bad as the... Yeah, it's, it's just not a good rump. No, it's not. <laughs> However, it's very brief in actual duration because yeah. immediately we have another new crisis that's changing the universe and changing history again. This is Flashpoint. Yeah. And Flashpoint changes everything in history and changes the timeline. And so now in this new 52 universe that emerges after Flashpoint, there is no Donna. Donna never existed. And so two different editors at this point at DC now think they have the rights to Donna, right? There's a, one editor who is running uh, Wonder Woman and okay. one editor who is going to cover the new Teen Titans. They both think they have Donna as like a character that they can use. They never talk to each other. <laughs> so in Wonder Woman, we meet a new version of Donna who is the creation of a completely different Amazonian witch than the one that she was before. Now it's a witch named Darano. And Darano uses Donna as part of like this complicated plot to take over the leadership of the Amazons. And, you know, Donna is like the, you know, the figurehead of like her secret cult society that's going to replace uh, Wonder Woman and, uh, you know, be the new running of the, the Amazons. Diana beats up Donna. Uh, and then locks her away in Olympus because this Donna is straight up evil, right? She's just a you know sorceress evil creation uh, of this Amazon witch. Meanwhile, literally at the same time, like literally these issues are out to the same month, Teen Titans establishes that the new Teen Titans are only the latest version of a team, and there was another Teen Titans before them that included Donna as Wonder Girl. And also Wally as Kid Flash and uh, Dick as Robin, et cetera, et cetera. All of these characters did exist on a Teen Titans team in the past. However, we have forgotten them because memory of that team was wiped out by uh, the first villain that they ever fought together, uh, Mr. Twister. And so everybody has forgotten the existence of the previous version of the Titans. Right. Meanwhile, Wonder Woman's storyline with Donna, evil Donna in it, continues to chug along with no explanation as to who this Donna over in the Teen Titans was. Donna escapes from prison. She fights Wonder Woman. Uh, Donna gets killed in that story and then is resurrected by Zeus as the actual embodiment of the fates. She is now actually kind of like the, you know, sort of the goddess uh, of the fates herself. This is her new like version of herself, basically. That's never really thoroughly explained, but it's kind of like promised that we're going to do more with her. Except at that point, DC realizes how badly they have screwed this up. And they do DC Rebirth to fix all of the problems that happened post-Flashpoint. And DC Rebirth does a series called Titans Hunt that returns Wally to the timeline. Mm-hmm claiming that 10 years of our lives have been stolen, quote unquote, and everybody has forgotten the existence of his generation of Teen Titans because of shenanigans by Abracadabra, who is a Flash villain who has magical powers. And so once all this is straightened out, once Wally teams up with like the new Titans and a whole bunch and Nightwing comes over and a whole bunch of other stuff goes on and they beat up Abracadabra and the backstory of the Titans is returned to continuity, and all of the previous members of the old Titans are restored. And Donna's various origins are now smushed together again. All of the business about her being the goddess of the fates and fighting Diana and everything, everything that happened over the last two or three years never happened. Just wiped out of continuity. Uh, now, Donna, once again, was created from clay by an Amazon witch 
uh, as part of a plot against Diana, but that event is now moved back in time about 10 years from where it was. Then the Amazons gave Donna false memories about Diana rescuing her from an orphanage fire <laughs> and bringing her to Themyscira so that she didn't have to live with the knowledge that she was actually created as a living weapon who killed thousands of people. They didn't want her to remember that, so they gave her a fake memory in which she was an orphan child rescued from a fire by Wonder Woman. All of these events before Rebirth, all of the story there, was revealed to have been an elaborate illusion by the Greek gods as part of some shenanigan plot to confuse Wonder Woman about something. So this is the existence of Donna since that happened, basically, since, the, since DC Rebirth. She's part of this older Titans team. Uh, she's continued to be out there in the, some of the, you know, like group stories. She was briefly in Doomsday Clock. Uh, she's briefly in the metal storyline, but she doesn't really have anything important to do with her, uh, to do with it. Uh, Titans have set up a new kind of like plot element called Titans Academy, which is basically like a training center for new young superheroes that's named after Roy Harper because he died recently. Um, and Donna has been established now to be one of the teachers there. And so that's kind of like the most recent place that we've seen her. The new 52 has also established Donna existing on a bunch of other earths as different versions of herself, right? Like there are multiple other Donnas that are out there on alternate earths on earth two. She is uh, fury uh, who used to be the daughter of earth Two wonder woman back in the day. Um, and on earth two, she is now the daughter of Diana and Steppenwolf. Ooh, gross. But, you know, that's apparently her new continuity over there. And on Earth 3, the character who you thought was evil Wonder Woman, uh, Superwoman, um, part of their, you know, evil Justice League over there on that planet, actually is revealed that uh, uh, is the second Superwoman, Diana, evil Diana died and was replaced by evil Donna. So right. the current Superwoman on Earth 3 uh, is actually supposed to be the Donna of that universe. I think the same's true of uh, the current. The uh, he's not Batman. He's Night Owl or something. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think he's Owl Man. Owl. Yeah, he's Owl Man. Yeah, Owl Man. I think it's Dick Grayson. Right. Yeah. Yes, it is. Current. Yeah, in the current. Yeah, because they kill. I think he kills Bruce Wayne or something. They're weird. Right. He like teamed up with Evil Alfred to kill Bruce or something. Yeah. In one of those just awful stories. So. Yeah. Just think of whatever the most awful backstory. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine then it's then it's actually happened over there yes yeah it's the earth three version so anyway that is now all of the histories of donna all of the different versions of it that have been out there i am sure it is now a tradition right every new writer who comes along i expect sometime in the next couple of years some new writer will come along with a new idea of how to fix donna and will rewrite this yet again but I would argue that she has been mistreated more by more different writers and editors than any other character at the big two. I think she is my number one most screwed up in continuity character uh, with all of the different versions of her, uh, of her life story that have been thrown out there. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. Well, uh, it's a shame because I love her. She's a great character and I'm so fond. I'm such a fan of those, you know, that, that first four or five years of, uh, New Teen Titans, the the Wolfman Perez series. Um, I think it's just horrible what's been done to her over and over again. So, yeah, the wonder, the other Wonder Woman is also like a weird character who I'm never quite sure of where she came from. Cassie, 
They just yeah. don't really Cassie know Sands what to do. Yes. Yeah, they just don't really know what to do with uh, or how to treat the Wonder Woman side characters. Right. Um, yeah, it's kind of a shame. Hopefully, one day they figure out what they want to do with them. Give me a job. I'll put Donna in any series. All right. There you go. All right. Well, next time we'll be uh, going through some other sort of weird comic thing. Uh, <laughs> so uh, join us then. Uh, but until then, I've been Steve Casper. And I'm Darren Watts. Have a good night. Thanks for coming. Wait.